This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. How y'all doing today? Happy New Year. I did not stay up until midnight. I did not see the new year come in. I think I was in bed around 8 p.m. because I had to get up at 4 this morning. I've already been preaching online in Zambia, so I am awake. I am ready to go today. I have lots to share with you. Hopefully you've had a good night's sleep and you're ready for uh, today's sermon. So lots to share, but before we get started, let's open this all up with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for new beginnings. I thank you for new years. I thank you for your mercies that are new each morning. And we claim those mercies today. And I thank you, Lord, for the word that you have placed on my heart. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will open up our hearts and our ears for what it is that you have for us today. I pray for a fresh anointing that I will speak your truth with love and that you will give us a message, Lord, that, that each one of us will be able to grab onto and have new revelation for starting off this new year. We love you and praise you and thank you and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure where you're at today as you're starting off 2023. Maybe you're looking back and said, wow, that was a tough one. Maybe you struggled with illness. Uh, Maybe someone in your family struggled with illness. Maybe you lost someone that you loved. We lost someone that we loved. And I know what that feels like. And that grief doesn't just go away with the passing on the calendar and into a new year. Maybe you're struggling with your job. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe your children are wayward and you have been praying for the Lord to bring them back, to come back into alignment with everything that he has. Maybe you've been waiting for a restored relationship and it still hasn't happened. And maybe today you're discouraged, troubled, And are going into this new year saying, you know what, I'm not excited. I'm really not sure what is going to happen. I really don't think I have the strength to keep going. And you don't feel any different than last year with this turning of the page. I myself used to love New Year's. I loved making New Year's resolutions. I loved making a list of all the things that I wanted to do differently in the new year. I was going to lose weight. I was going to have more money. I was going to be a better person. I was going to be a better wife. I was going to be a better Christian. Have you ever made a list like that? I, I just didn't want to do those same sins over and over and over again like I had done the previous year. And I knew that they were sins. 
But I chose to keep doing them. But God saw. God saw my life. And I, I kind of just felt like going into a new year was going to be a clean slate. And that I was going to just be able to choose in my own strength what I wanted to do differently. And when that clock struck midnight, I felt brand new. This is going to be a great year. And about eight hours, I felt really good until I got out of bed. Until I got up the next morning and I started to uh, work and move through my life, interact with my kids, with my husband. And everything was the same as the last year. I was falling into those old ways of doing things. I was falling into the old ways that were my flesh operating. And oftentimes, we want the brand new feeling of the new year and the clean slate and starting over, but we don't want to do anything really different. We really love the way that we eat. We really love the way that we spend money. We really love the way that we get to pick and choose what we want to do in our life. But we're not willing to give anything up. We just want a brand new feeling, but we want to live the same way. At least that's the way it was for me. For some reason, though, when we don't do things differently, we get the same results. And it's like we wake up each day and go, why? And we're beating our heads against the wall. Why isn't there different results, yet I'm doing the same behavior? And that's one of the reasons that I love God as much as I do, is that he wants to do a new thing in us. He wants us to stop banging our head against the wall. He wants us to have revelation and he wants to say, hey, if you want different results, you're going to need to do it differently. And I can help you, he says, but you have to be willing to do what I'm asking you to do. He can make things brand new. He can restore and redeem and replenish and refill But it's not just the wave of a wand. It's not just magic words that he speaks over us and it's all different and we don't have to do any work. That's not how God works. It's not a pill that we take or a video that we watch or a computer program that we buy. There's not an easy button that we push and all of a sudden our life is different and it's a clean slate and a new year and new results. He's asking us to do one thing, just one, and it's surrender. Surrender our lives to him. And I used to think, oh, well, that's probably pretty easy, right? Just to surrender. I mean, wave a flag and say, Lord, come in and and do a new thing in me. That's all I need to do is just surrender. Well, I can do that. Seriously, that's all you're asking me to do is just surrender? Okay, well, let's, I can do that one 
thing, surrender. But surrendering has to be one of the hardest things that we do as humans. Surrendering. Because there's this really big elephant in the room that we have a hard time working around and seeing over and, and making changes because of this one thing. And that's our flesh. You see, our flesh wants what it wants. Our flesh, when it gets hungry, it wants to be fed. When our flesh gets tired, it wants to sleep. When our flesh has sexual desires, it wants to be met. When our flesh is thirsty, it wants something to drink. When our flesh is angry, it wants to tell somebody about it. And sometimes we can get so used to living in the flesh and doing everything that our flesh is telling us that it wants us to do for it, we don't even realize that we are living in like a prison and we're slaves to our flesh, which in turn makes us slaves to sin. So when we talk about the God of the new, God doing something new in us, God giving us a new creation in us, and how he wants to do a new thing, the idea of surrendering our lives and the journey that actually takes us, we have to look at one of the biggest stories in the Bible that show this same process of surrender. The Bible shows us this journey where he took his people, the Israelites, out of slavery and into the promised land and into this freedom that we have in God. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Exodus. I'm going to be flipping through a few different chapters, but as long as you have it laid open, it might be just a great way for you to, to follow along. And if you've never read Exodus, or maybe it's been a while, it is an incredible passage filled with adventure and the mighty works of God. It's one of those nonstop turning the page, can't wait till you read what's next, because that's how much is happening in this book. And I would encourage you uh, to read Exodus if you haven't yet. So to set the stage, the Israelites were oppressed and they're living in the kingdom of Egypt during the time of Joseph, if you remember, and again, if you haven't, you're going to want to read it. There were seven years of plenty and seven years of lack or drought. And so over the seven years of plenty, Joseph stored up all the grain that he could to be able to distribute to the people during the seven years of famine. So during the seven years of famine, the people would come to Joseph and sell something, have money to purchase the grain that they needed for their families. But over those seven years, they lost or used up everything that they had 
um, sold to purchase the grain. So then they started selling their land to be able to have money to buy grain. And then they sold themselves. They went into slavery so that they could have food to feed themselves and their family. So they worked for the Pharaoh and made bricks for his kingdom and they were slaves. And during this time, they continued to cry out to the Lord to save them, to get them out of slavery, out of the grasp of the Pharaoh, to change their lives. And God heard their cries and he commissioned Moses to go to Egypt and free his people. Now there are incredible amount of different sides and facets to this story. And you could just camp in Exodus and glean all of these different ways that God worked and moved and how we could apply those things to our life. But I want to just unpack the journey today. I just want to look at the journey of him taking the people out of Egypt and into the desert to the promised land and the struggles that they faced. Keeping in mind that their very first experience with God and his supernatural ability to get them to go out of their slavery in Egypt, it was nothing more than miraculous. God proved his faithfulness to his people time and time and time again as you read the stories. There were uh, about 10 plagues, and eventually by the end of that, the, the Egyptian people were so favored to the Israelites that they actually gave them gold and silver and fine jewelry and linens, and it was as if the Israelites looted the Egyptians before they even left. So there were so many blessings and so many ways that God provided for them before they even started their journey. And then when they get to the Red Sea, right? Pharaoh hasn't completely wanted to let them go. So Pharaoh sends his army out after the Israelites. And here are the Israelites standing on the shore of the Red Sea. Here are the Egyptian army coming. And what does God do? Moses holds up his staff. God parts the Red Sea and the Israelites cross over on dry ground. Now, my friends, isn't that amazing that they are witnessing God doing all of these things in their life? All the ways that God is saving them from the Pharaoh. And when they finally cross, the Lord closes the sea and the army perishes. I think if it were me, I would have stood there on the other side of the Red Sea and said, okay, I am ready to surrender my life now to the Lord. Look at everything he has done. Sign me up. I am all in. I can see God working and moving and he's amazing. And I am, I'm in, I'm ready to go. But here's the thing. As you read accounts in Exodus of the people, they get into the desert and they start to complain. 
You see, the Israelites, they didn't get their way. Maybe they didn't like the food. Maybe they didn't like the path. Maybe they didn't like the rules. And all they did was grumble. All they did was complain. And one of the common things they would say is, well, I just wish I was back in Egypt around my pot of meat. I wish I still lived in Egypt. And here's the thing. Unfortunately, we do this today. We want the God of the new to do something new in us. We want him to do a new thing. We want him to take us out of the situation. We want him to take us out of that slavery, take us out of our circumstances, yet we grumble every time our flesh doesn't get our way. But what did God do? We read in Exodus that he continued to walk with them. He continued to help them. He continued to feed them. He didn't give up on them. And he doesn't give up on us. So he takes them on an extra long journey through the desert, 40 years longer than it should have taken them and continues to show them every day. This is what it looks like to surrender your life. This is what it looks like to follow me. I will provide your every need. I will keep you safe from your enemies. I will protect your families. I will be with you in community. All you have to do is surrender your life and follow me. When I read Exodus for the very first time and and everything was building and building and building and I saw all the miraculous things that God did and I saw and read the people grumbling about every single thing and every turn, there was another grumble and another, oh, I wish I was back in Egypt. And I was so frustrated after reading that that I really had just this disrespect for the Israelites. And I remember thinking, oh my word, how could these people have God in their life and have the provision and have him take care of them and have all these supernatural things happen and yet still not believe? And it was almost like God leaned down and said, Amy, you can be like this also. What about the times that I've helped you? What about the times I've provided for you? And yet you still don't believe and you still haven't fully surrendered. Uh, That one hit me right here for sure. And that was a really hard pill to swallow, but it was the truth. I had been like the Israelites. I grumbled. I was ungrateful. And a lot of times I wanted to go back to my circumstances because they were familiar. Because even though I was a slave to sin, I still knew what I was doing. I still felt comfortable. My flesh was comfortable. 
And, and that seems to be the key thing for us, right? Is we, we just want to be comfortable. We want to know what we know. We, we want what we want. We don't want anything that is different than what we're used to. So today, as we stand at the threshold of 2023, a brand new year, unsure of the challenges that will come, unsure of the trials we will go through, unsure of the joy and wondering, am I going to have joy in 2023? Am I going to have something new come to me in 2023? Is God going to do a work in me in 2023? We stand here and we say, okay, if this is what you're telling me I need to do, how do I surrender? How do I let God do a new thing? How do I work this out. So let me tell you, the first thing that we can do is recognize that God is with us. Emmanuel. We just looked at that last month in December. We just spent the whole month focusing our attention on how God orchestrated a way to send Jesus into the world so that we could have love and joy and peace and we could have forgiveness of sins and everlasting life and that Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us. So are we recognizing that today? Are we recognizing that God is with us, that he loves us and that he has a plan and a purpose for our lives? So the first step today is recognizing God is with you and that he wants to do a new thing in you. The question is, are you going to let him? Are you going to let him do a new thing? Number two, we have to realize that this is a journey. I know a lot of times uh, if, you've, if you're watching TV, if you're watching these paid commercials, it's always this quick way to do something. There's this pill or you just have to watch this or you just have to follow this four-day plan and you, my friends, will have a new life. We, we want the quick fix. But here's the thing. There is no easy button. There is no pill to take. There is no fast pass, fast track, or fast way to get through to get to the other side. It's one day at a time, one step at a time, sometimes one moment at a time following God. I remember in my old life, I wasn't sure how I was going to have the strength to get through the next five minutes. And I would pray and I would ask God to come in and work and move and give me that strength. And so those five minutes passed and then I prayed again. And some days, that's the way that it is. Every moment we need to pray to ask God to give us strength and he will do it. He will give us the strength we need in that moment, in that hard circumstance, in those really long five minutes. 
And when we look in Exodus and we see what God did for the people, they followed that pillar of smoke. They followed that bright fire in the sky, keeping their eyes focused on him, not on the circumstances, not on the enemies, but on God alone. And that's what we need to do. A lot of times the world emphasizes speed, a fast way to get it done, get it over and expedite. But that's not how God works. My friends, this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And when Jesus says to us, well done, my good and faithful servant, you have finished the race. The race isn't just a one and done. The race is getting up every single day and following the Lord and being faithful to him, no matter the circumstances in your life, no matter the good times or the bad times or the easy times or the hard times, it's an every day running the race, being steadfast and consistent. Maybe that's one way you need to refocus for the, nub- the coming year is that you need to look at it differently than a sprint. Maybe you sprinted in high school. Maybe you love to run those short races. But you need to ask God to come in and give you strength for the entire journey, one day at a time. Number three, we need to look for the lessons. In my old life, trust me when I say there were a lot of hardships, a lot of struggles, a lot of troubles, And I would grumble my way through all of them. Finally, one day, uh, a friend of mine said, what would it look like for you to ask the Lord while you're in this season of hardship, what does he want to teach you? What could he teach you in this moment right now? A lesson, a life lesson. What if you were to switch your focus away from the grumbling and the ungratefulness and say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to learn? And what happened for me changed my entire perspective. Why don't you ask God yourself today in your hard moments in the struggle, in the challenge, okay, Lord, what do you want to teach me? Because when I did that, when I asked the Lord, it was amazing that in that moment, he started to teach me patience. He started to teach me perseverance. He taught me compassion. He taught me faithfulness. He taught me what it looks like to have joy despite my circumstances. And in that whole process of turning to him, instead of grumbling, all of a sudden, he was doing a new thing in my finances. He was doing a new thing in my relationship. He was doing a new thing in my children's lives because I was asking for the lesson and he was teaching me as I was going. And all of a sudden there was transformation and restoration and there was something new. but I needed to surrender. I needed to ask him to show me, to give me revelation. And then in those moments, instead of fighting in my flesh, I was all of a sudden learning something new in the spirit and applying that to my life. 
Are you willing to go through the desert for 40 years to get to the promised land? If the Lord wants you to learn something new, if it takes that long, ultimately he wanted to give the Israelites the promised land. He wanted to give them a gift. And I often wonder if they could have made it in half the time if they would have grumbled half as much. Maybe they could have done it in 20 years if they didn't spend so much time grumbling and being ungrateful. And I think about that for us today. How much of my life have I wasted grumbling and trying to do, thing, do things in my own flesh? Would I have been happier about 20 years ago if I would have just surrendered my life then instead of beating my head against the wall all these years? Probably. Maybe that's what it is for you today. And maybe that's the revelation that we need, that if we stop trying to do it the same way and get new results, maybe we wouldn't be in the desert for so long. If they would have been quick to listen and slow to speak, if they would have praised him for all of the gifts, especially the manna and quail, even when they were tired of eating it, it was still food in their belly. Maybe they wouldn't have spent so much time in the desert and more time in the promised land if they would have just surrendered and followed God. And number four, we have to ask the Lord to give us revelation so that we can see from his perspective. When we let our flesh dictate and decide and tell us what it needs, we miss out on the true gifts from God. And we look at those gifts differently when we think we need something different. When God actually gives us this and said, this is a gift. And we're thinking, no, this is not. This is not what the, the world tells me I need. This is not what my friend tells me I need. This is not what my flesh tells me I need. How can this be a gift from you, Lord? How can this be what I need? And, and we're not able to see that gift until we ask God to give us a new revelation. Change the way I'm thinking. Change the way I look at what you're doing in my life. We seem to measure by the world's standards. So we think someone has a perfect life and someone is blessed when they have all kinds of money. That's what I want. I want all kinds of money and then my life will be different. Do you know that I have read about people that are millionaires and billionaires that commit suicide because they are unhappy? Money doesn't do it. Big houses don't do it. Fancy cars don't do it. And money doesn't mean anything to God. Money is what we need in this world to eat and to survive and to pay rent and, and pay, put gas in our cars and all of those things. But you're talking to a God who provided for millions of people for 40 years in the desert without any money. He gave them food and water and community and revelation, and it didn't 
cost one dollar. That's not how God blesses someone with a whole bunch of money. No, we need to change our perspective and look at things the way God wants us to look at them instead of the way the world wants us to look at them. Before he even took them up out of the land, God promised his people that he would deliver them. Exodus 6, 6 through 8. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Do you know that he told Moses everything that he was going to do before Moses even went to Egypt? He gave him the whole plan. He said, I'm going to do this and 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 you are going to help me and you're going to do all these things. And yet Moses doubted God. And you can read about that. All the ways that Moses got to this was, well, who am I, Lord? I I stutter. Maybe you ought to bring my, my brother Aaron. I mean, Moses, every time he got up against it, he's like, Lord, what are you doing? Look, The people now hate me. Look, Lord, uh, Pharaoh doesn't want to let his people go. And God was consistent with him. But he told Moses way beforehand everything that was going to happen. And that's what happened. My friends, are we believing God today when we read his word, when we read his promises? Are we trusting that God is going to do that for us? Are we trusting God in the journey And believing that God is going to give us everything we need. Are we surrendering ourselves to his will? Dying to self. Surrendering our flesh. Whether it's day one or day 365. Whether we've gone through the entire year. Are we doing those things? The prophet Isaiah wrote this to the people of Israel and because it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, he wasn't just speaking to the people of that time. He is speaking to us today. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Maybe today you feel like you have been wandering around in the wilderness. Maybe you're tired, hungry, feeling alone and lost. I want to encourage you that it's time to invite the Lord in. It's time to let him come in and do a new thing. 
It's time to forget the former things, the things that haven't worked, the plans that have failed, the things that you've tried and failed and done in your own strength. It's time to let all of that go. It's time to let the Lord come in and do a new thing. And as long as we are breathing, as long as we are alive, it is never too late for the Lord to come in, for the Lord to have an opportunity to come in and work and move. We serve a mighty God, a sufficient God, a powerful God, a God who can part the Red Sea in your life. A God that can bring you up out of the desert and into the promised land. A God that wants to teach you new things and help you to be more like him, aligning your life with his word. He knows what you're going through right now. He knows what you're facing. He knows where you are at right now and he wants to meet you in this moment. He wants to remind you that he's not done. He wants to do a new thing in you. Let him do something new. Let's pray. Father God, I am so grateful that you are the God of new creations. I'm so grateful that you did not give up on the Israelites in the desert. I'm so grateful that you do not give up on us. And if there is anybody today that is still wavering, that is still operating in the flesh, even after hearing uh, your words, Lord, I pray that you will give them this opportunity, that you will encourage them, Lord, as I encourage them that it's time to surrender. It's time to lay down our old ways. It's time to step into this new year following you, holding your hand, putting aside the ways of the flesh, the ways that didn't work, that we stop beating our head against the wall, that we stop trying to do the old thing with new results. And Lord, that you come in, you work and you move and you do a new thing in us. Lord, we know that we are in the last hour. We know, Lord, that you are coming soon. And we know, Lord, that we are fighting against an enemy who wants to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to take out as many of our, these image bearers of you, Lord, as possible, these followers of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name. We say, no, you cannot manifest in our lives. You cannot work and move. We throw you down at the feet of Jesus and we say, we are going to follow you, Jesus, until the very end. We are going to fight every single day putting on the full armor of God. And we pray, Lord, that you will clothe us with love, that you will clothe us with peace, that you will clothe us with joy, and that we will be able to walk out our faith every single day until you come again. You are promising us a promised land, everlasting life, living with you. And we want that, Lord. And so we are willing to walk that out we are willing to follow you despite the shape of the world, despite what might come our way. Give us strength in the journey. Do a new thing in us today. We love you and praise you and thank you. And all God's people said, Amen. 
Thank you so much for joining us today and for being here. Don't forget there are lots of ways to stay connected to For His Glory Ministry. You can follow along at amybauman.com to see all of the resources and all the ways. But thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.